Good day and welcome to the Frontline Chatter Podcast. My name is Jarian Gibson with co-host Andy Morgan. How are you doing today, Andy? I'm doing good, Jerry, and I'm doing good. I've just about recovered from Citrix Energy, and um, we're, we've got a really exciting topic, so I don't want to hold the things up. <laughs> so let, back over to you, buddy. Yeah, so without further ado, we have uh, but, uh, Ben Goodman, lead evangelist for Horizon at VMware. And today we're very excited to talk about uh, a fresh announcement from VMware, uh, Project Enzo. So how are you doing today, Ben? I am fantastic. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Really excited to be on. Nice. So, uh, just give us a little bit of background uh, about yourself. You know, you've been worked at Novell, and now you're at VMware. So, kind of tell us, you know, who has been, and you know, where did you start your career, and how have things been going at VMware? Um, well, I enjoy long walks on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. So, I have actually been at VMware for it'll be four years in August. Um, I spent twelve and a half years at Novell, um, uh, or like I say, I served uh, for twelve and a half years of time at Novell. Um, it was actually a, a a great experience. Um, I worked when I was when I joined Novell. Um, Eric Schmidt was our CEO. A lot of people forget that that uh, that he was the uh, CEO of Novell. So I went. I saw through a lot of transformation there, and um, I actually um, was a, a part of the identity management portfolio for quite a while. And uh, interesting story was um, VMware um, was working on a project that was called Project Origami. Um, which eventually became something called Project Horizon, which eventually became Horizon Application Manager. Um, and uh, they came to Novell to talk about partnerships because I don't know if you guys remember, but um, uh, uh, VMware used to have a partnership with Novell. They used to package SUSE with, um, with, uh, with vSphere. So they had an existing relationship. They came to talk to us about identity management. And so I presented to a bunch of um, VMware executives our, our, the Novell identity management portfolio. Um, and... Uh, they obviously didn't end up partnering. They ended up buying a company called TriCipher, which um, became the the kind of the the roots of of so much of the identity management technology that's in Horizon today. And um, but I made these relationships with all these VMware executives. And then about a year later, when when Novell was sold um, to Attachmate, I decided I wanted to leave. And uh, those executives, I guess, remembered me and uh, recruited me to come back into VMware. And um, and that's how I ended up at, at VMware, believe it or not. That's awesome. So, I mean, I, I actually, believe it or not, still work with Novell Identity Manager every now and again. When oh, do you? Yes, particularly big financials. They, they, they seem to hold on to that product. And I have to say, it, it is actually really good, particularly, you know, around how tunable the ADFS instances are on it. You know, it's, um, it's, a, it's a, you know, the whole SAML to connectors. It, it, it does the job really, really well. And particularly when you're bridging multiple domains and that kind of stuff, it, 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 it worked the way you'd hope Active Directory would work, if that makes <laughs> sense. So, yeah. Yeah, no, Trust me, it makes sense. I spend uh, a, about a decade trying to convince people that. Um, yeah, it warms my heart to hear that. It's actually still, uh, you know, we run into it all the time here at VMware. We customers that that want that integration. Uh, it's a really great piece of technology. Um, you know, it's now part of NetIQ, which is now part of a company called Microfocus, which actually a UK based company. Um, and uh, you know, it's still really great technology. Still. You know, it was a three hundred million dollar business when when uh, when the, when Novell was sold. So, and I believe it still continued to grow. So, it's um, I, I actually some you know being an identity guy and being a security guy I sometimes miss working with that stuff. But uh, yeah, it's good good technology. So your 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 title really interests me. You know, like a kind of lead evangelist at, at, at VMware Horizon. So, like, what does the average day for a lead evangelist look like? Um, well. So I, I, I have a long commute since I work from home a lot. So I walk from my bedroom to the to the other bedroom in my house. Um, but um, you know, it's it, it's um it's interesting. Uh, 
you know, when I was originally hired, I was hired to actually be evangelist just for Horizon Application Manager. Um, and then uh, my boss at the time, who was an awesome boss, um, Peter Giordano, ended up leaving, and they moved me to report. I don't know, you guys probably remember Vittorio. Um, removed me to report directly to Vittorio, and he was great. He really empowered me to um, to be an evangelist for the whole product line. I had no background in VDI or or app running. Although I was a, I was a Citrix specialist in like the late nineties. You know, I, I, I hadn't um, I hadn't really worked with the technology, so I, I really dove in with both feet and, um, you know, became real passionate about the portfolio. So I do a lot of um, analyst relations, press relations, um, external briefings with customers, um, spend a lot of time um, out in the field trying to um, brief our customers on what our strategy is going forward. And then I spend a lot of time internally taking the stuff I learn out, meeting with customers and utili- utilizing that to kind of shape our product direction and our how we're going to articulate our strategy and things like that. And so, you know, it's been really cool because I've been able to be a, a real major part of, you know, the what's become the workspace vision, which become, um, you know, workspace suite around, um, you know, the, you know, I was one of the early mobility guys at VMware. So I was able to, you know, be involved with some of the AirWatch stuff and, um, you know, seeing that evolve. So it's been really exciting. Um, it's been a great position. And yeah, I guess event, it's funny, my original boss allowed me to pick my title and I said, can I be CTO? And he said, no, we got one of those already. I'm like, okay, then I'll be lead evangelist. Um, so <laughs> very nice. the, the, the title's always very very important that's yeah. a, that's awesome I'd yeah. add, i do like that title too it's it, it's almost it's almost even geekier than cto so yeah uh, kudos on that one my friend thank you <laughs> so i mean look you've obviously been working with horizon for quite some time now and you know i'd argue that horizon has really found its feet in the last 18 months to two years would that be fair to say yeah, I mean, I think um, you know, if you look at if you if you were to take a public perception, um, and you know, I think you, sometimes you got to be realistic about these things, right? So if you if you look at the public perception of um, of end, VMware end user computing, you know, really since Sanjay joined, so that's approaching two years now. Um, you know, it'll be two years in August. Um, it's really been a definitive turnaround. Now, you know, some of the seeds of that were planted before he joined. But, you know, to, to take the analogy further, um, he's fertilized those seeds in a way that they just weren't getting prior to him. And so, you know, it's funny to think that, you know, two years ago, people actually questioned VMware's commitment to end-user computing. Um, but now when you look at, you know, the acquisitions, the product launches, the marketing, you know, everything we've done, I don't think anyone would, would, would doubt that now. Um, and I think, you know, we've literally put our money where our mouth is, right? The largest acquisition in the company's history wasn't a data center project product. It was, it was AirWatch, right? And so, um, yeah, the, I think the sentiment has turned. I think the product we're putting into market is, is really great and people are really um, passionate about it and excited about it. And I think, you know, stuff that we've made public about in terms of our strategy and direction, I think is really exciting. And the stuff I know about that I can't talk about is even more exciting. So, you know, it's just, um, it's, a, it's an exciting time to be here. Um, it's an exciting exciting team to be a member of it's great stuff oh no i can i can only imagine i mean you guys have got some you know you've got some really great guys in there you know yourself included you know sean harry pat lee you know sanjay it's a it's an incredible team to watch at the moment you know and you guys are so approachable on on, on social media as well which which always makes it easier so uh, you know kudos on that one so i mean if you were to look at the last 10 months what would app volumes and media and all these really big acquisitions i mean are you starting to see the the, the kind of the fruits of your labor uh, transpire yeah so i think it all obviously uh, the biggest thing was you know horizon six last last year which I, I was a big part of the launch of that so that was really exciting um you know it allows it opened up 
you know, a huge portion of the market. I mean, when you look at the market numbers um, around VDI versus, you know, app promoting, you know, VDI is almost a rounding number in comparison to app promoting, right? And so being able to to participate in that market was a big, big deal for us in terms of being able to expand what we did. And, and we had tons of customers that chose view for VDI, but still continued to use Citrix for app promoting. And so, you know, that's just, you know, uh, I mean, money just sitting out there that you just need to go collect in some cases. And so, you know, having uh, Horizon 6 was a big, big watershed moment for us, um, you know, as an organization. And then, you know, the AirWatch acquisition, which, you know, you went from being a a bit player in the mobility market to being the number one player in the mobility market. Um, and then you have the, you know, you mentioned app volumes and Emidio, um, which are, are different, right? You know, Emidio is almost, you know, a, is, is kind of a gap closure mechanism um, and a gap that we, you know, that we needed to close. But app volumes is like, is revolutionary. I mean, the excitement around app volumes is just through the roof. I mean, really, really through the roof. That's interesting. You, you, you say Emidio is a gap closer because I mean, with, with a history in AUC, uh, like I, I've always used a, a UEM product or two mm-hmm. to, to to gap those uh, to gap those um, you know challenges that that there were you know historically around group policy, group policy preferences, scripts, um, you know, user profiles in general. So yeah, no, I I think I I think that uh, you know you're maybe potentially you're underselling that acquisition because <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll give you an example. So I mean, look, you know myself and Jerry and I, or, you know we're historically we're historically Historically, Citrix guys, but I mean, in the last eighteen months to two years, we've really started watching the Horizon Suite from from both a working and and a fanboy point of view as well. Like only recently, I was doing a uh, Horizon design for for a, a customer in Ireland, and I was you know looking at my current stack of what I use. So I'm not going to go into too too many specific details, but I mean, rest mm-hmm. assured, when I realised that you know the majority of what I was going to include as third party paid for products was already in the Horizon Suite, it made the entire um, design, you know, that bit more cost effective and, and pushing forward. So, yeah, I mean, and Amedio had a big part to play in that too. So, it, as, as, a, as a real world working example, that, that that's really where I see the the, the value and, the, and the, the promise of this stack going forward, if that's fair to say. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny, um, it, it, along those same lines, I did a, a customer here in the US, I was working with a customer in the US where, you know, they were pretty far down the path with Citrix, like pretty much ready to go. Um, and, and we came you know, sat down with them and, and kind of walked them through our portfolio. And, you know, the way they were doing their math on, on, on and their due diligence on this acquisition was, you know, they were looking at it on a, a, per, a per desktop per month basis, you know, almost, you know, kind of equating it to like their own internal DAS to a certain extent. And, um, you know, when we ran the numbers for them, um, we were able to, to really crush Citrix's numbers for a variety of reasons. But, you know, one of the things that was a big driver of the cost, to your point, was a third-party UEM solution. And, you know, so when we were able to say that basically, you know, with Horizon Enterprise, UEM was just in there, you know, that, that made a big difference in the calculus for them. Now, there were, we, I think we were better even without that. Um, but to your point, I mean, that's kind of, um, it's almost like found money for a customer um, when they're trying to do a, uh, do a project, you know. Well, it also helped close a, a gap as well because, you know, on the app, you know, shared hosted side, you kind of didn't have that that profile UEMP, so it also helped kind of close that gap as well. Yeah, I mean, the, the profile product we had, you know, we had invested a, a, a good deal of time, effort, and money on it, you know, the RTO product um, that we had acquired. Um, but, you know, it just, it just wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't cutting the mustard, quite frankly. And, you know, we did, you know, not to, 
not to open the corner too much, but you know, when we do these acquisitions, when we do M and A work, um, and Sean, uh, you had mentioned Sean earlier. You know, this was basically Sean's baby. This one, um, and uh, when we do these these acquisitions, you know, we look at all the people and players in the industry, and there's some really great players in the UEM space. Some of them who we've partnered with for years, um, but we thought Amidio really fit us the best in terms of. You know how quickly it would integrate into the suite. You know we really don't feel like we we lost any any we didn't lose a step. You know integrating it into the into the product line and getting it out there and and we also wanted to be really simple and we also you know one of the things you got to be careful about especially when you have partners is you don't want to completely um, destroy the market right. So we don't we want there to still be a robust market for people to add value on top of what we offer and so we thought Amidia was good in that it actually left some stuff around for other UEM vendors to still do and still be, you know, still offer value add on top of what we offer um, with Horizon. So we thought that was good too. And then also speaking of uh, value add, you know, you guys kind of have that application management uh, pack, you know, for, for Citrix, you know, is that, that's kind of a, a, a tool to help kind of, you know, bring customers over as well and see what you guys offer. Because if you look at, you know, trying to, to price that with your existing licensing, you know, of Citrix, um, it, it could potentially, you know, be more expensive than just coming over um, and using the Horizon stack, correct? Yeah. So it's so it's an interesting question. So um, you know, when we bought, I was involved in a bunch of really, um, really in depth conversations when we first bought app volumes on whether or not because app volumes had or when we bought sorry when, i'm calling it app volumes when we bought cloud volumes um we had you know there were some pretty contentious discussions about whether we should make it a horizon uh view only product or whether we should actually offer it for um citrix and you know there's a there's a um there's an expression that success leaves clues um one of the largest deals that euc did last quarter was actually an app volumes deal to a very large Citrix customer. Um, and so that was very eye-opening to us, right, that, that there would potentially be interest in, in, uh, in the Citrix world for people that wanted to look at app volumes. Um, and so we said, okay, well, what else do we have that potentially um, would help the Citrix world also? And obviously, we had just done the Amidio acquisition, so there was the UEM technology. Um, and then there was Workspace, which has been integrated with Citrix for quite a while. Um, and then we said, you know, we have one of the really attractive things in Horizon Enterprise that our customers are excited about is, you know, the V-Realized operations um, for, for, for Horizon. You know, what if we did something similar for Citrix? Um, and so this um, Horizon application bundle is really about, you know, trying to make Citrix better. Um, and, you know, there was a, it's funny, there was an article one of our, our partners, uh, Liquidware, um, wrote about, you know, uh, the the bundle is, is a Trojan horse, and I'd say what the bundle does is it it makes your apps and your profiles more mobile, and, and and by the way, it does the same thing if you install it install that technology on Horizon, so it makes it much more portable to move workloads from Citrix to Horizon, from Horizon to Citrix, from Horizon to Enzo. Um, you know, it's it's a powerful piece of technology, and so I think. And and so this sorry this is a long answer to what was probably not that complicated of a question but the uh, uh, but I do, but that's why I get to be an evangelist right so the um, the the other interesting thing about it is that we did a pro we we have a thing inside of VMware and we did a bunch of advertising around it called Safe Passage which is basically you know a bunch of tools and marketing and stuff to try to move people from Citrix to Horizon and we've had a a, a pretty good deal of success on that um, but every once in a while we run into a customer that says you know what either I love Citrix or um, or I just have too much financially invested in Citrix to move off of it. And so 
you know, we don't want to have to punt on those on those uh, on those customers and just move on. We want to be able to still sell them something. And so, Horizon, this Horizon application bundle allows us to monetize customers that potentially have no desire to move off of Citrix or have a desire to move off of Citrix, but it just isn't fiscally feasible. Let's say. Yeah, no, no. Don't get me wrong. It's a, it's a great strategy, and it's a great way to to add that value add to those environments to where you possibly can't, you know, either too much financially. Um, invested in Citrix, or they're you know they're not moving, but they're just looking for some extra pieces to help their environment. So it, it's a great strategy. Um, yeah, you mentioned Project Enzo, so you know let's, let's kind of get into the meat and potatoes of, of this podcast. Um, you know, during Synergy, you had that big announcement around uh, Project Enzo right before Synergy kicked off. So can you kind of tell? Yeah, us- that was completely that was completely coincidental, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even we didn't even know Synergy was that week. I mean, it was just. Uh, you know, crazy out of all the 52 weeks that it fell on that week. Yeah. <laughs> so what exactly is Project Enzo? Um, so Project Enzo fundamentally is a, a hybrid desktop as a service. Um, it, we believe it really is the first um, hybrid desktop as a service. It's also kind of the, the, um, the perfect storm of a lot of the stuff we talked about coming together in one package. Um, so it, it, it brings together... Um, the app volumes technology, the Amidio technology, um, and, and some other technology we've announced into a single into a single platform. So to kind of net it out, it basically um, it's basically made up of three components. Um, the first component is basically a cloud-based management engine um, that we call a cloud control plane. Um, I know Citrix actually um, is calling something a cloud control plane. Also, um, you know, I think it's I think that's going to be a, a, a pretty um, a pretty widely used industry term now in in, in moving uh, a lot of the management of of infrastructure, whether it be on premise or off premise, into the cloud. Because um, it's kind of an interesting concept, right? In the past, things kind of had to live in the cloud and to be managed by the cloud. Now we're talking about potentially managing things that exist in the cloud and elsewhere from the cloud. And so we, so the first layer of this is the cloud control plane, which is a new, a net new management layer that we're building, which we're really excited about. Um, we've actually been working on it for about 18 months, um, and uh, it's pretty revolutionary. Um, you know, we, and, and, and I probably shouldn't pontificate about this too much, but our, our CTO, um, Ben Fathy, has been really, really ke- keen on VMware thinking about our stuff more as a service. And, you know, one of the things he says is, you know, obviously we make a lot of money selling on-premises software, but at the same time, we need to think about how we even deliver on-premises software more like a service. And so the cloud control plane is a, is a huge component of that. Um, the second part of it is, is what we call smart node technology. Um, and smart node technology is basically um, instantiating um, this hybrid desktop as a service um, somewhere. Um, the cool thing about this is, is that we can instantiate it both in the cloud and on-premises. As part of the smart node is um, all of kind of the the blocking and tackling that we've done in VDI in the past, things like brokering, um, but also new technology, something we're really excited about, which is called just-in-time desktop delivery. Um, and so we made an announcement back at VMworld um, of, two, uh, of something called Project Meteor, um, and Project Meteor took a bunch of pieces of technology. It took the app volumes technology, which we had you know, just acquired at the time. Um, we actually announced it, I think, the week before VMworld. Um, it took what we knew was going to be a UEM technology. And then it took something called Project Fargo, 
um, which actually shipped as part of um, vSphere 6 as something called instant clone technology. And so um, I'll talk about this really quick for those of you that aren't complete fanboys and didn't know about it. Um, so Project Fargo, um, now instant clone technology, um, actually takes a running virtual machine. So the virtual machine is running, it's in memory, um, and does a process called forking. Um, that's F-O-R-K-I-N-G, just to be clear. Um, so, so forking, <laughs> um, yeah, so, so forking, you know, people, some people have accents and, you know, you just gotta be careful. So, um, so forking, um, allows us to take this running VM and basically, um, clone it in memory. And this process is extraordinarily fast and it also scales in linearly. So what this means is that where we had one virtual machine running, let's say it's a base, my base image of windows, um, that I'm using for a virtual desktop, I can now have one or 1,000 virtual machines up and running in seconds. And so if you think of the process in, in a non-persistent environment of bringing a virtual desktop up, right? You, in the past, you would clone a disk image, and that was a disk operation that took time. Um, and then you booted the disk image, and that was, you know, took time. Then you did some post-processing. Hopefully, you didn't have to do a reboot, but if you had to reboot, then you had to go through the whole reboot process again. Um, and then, you know, best case scenario, a minute later, um, you know, I have a, an actual operational functional Windows desktop that I can work with. You know, with this type of technology, we're talking about literally in sub five, five second time frame, having an up and running virtual machine that you can interact with. And it's really revolutionary piece of technology. So if we take that and then we take the, um, the app volumes technology, which allows us to merge in um, applications and user data, once again, in that kind of that same sub five second time frame and UEM, which allows us to bring in the, um, the user's profile, we can potentially have a completely customized, personalized desktop. And let's, con- let's be conservative and say, you know, sub 20 second time frame. Um, and so this technology is really, really exciting, revolutionary. Um, we showed it and demonstrated it at VMworld. Um, the delivery vehicle for, for this just-in-time technology is going to be Enzo. Um, so Enzo has this cloud-based management engine. It has this um, smart node technology that has the just-in-time desktop technology built into it. Um, and then it has the capability on running on what we're calling Enzo-ready infrastructure, which could be a hyper-converged um, appliance, um, could be um, inside of a DAS, a desktop as a service, um, um, or um, we'll have the capability over time to connect it to Horizon 6 as well and get some of the capabilities um, in an existing Horizon 6 environment, but to be honest, not all of them. Um, and so to net it all out, because I just went, sorry, I, I monologued again, um, The Enzo is really a hybrid desktop as a service, allows you to cloud-based management, allows you you to run um, VDI workloads either on-premises or in the cloud um, and, and seamlessly move between the two of them. And so the result is that you can get um, Enzo up and running in, in less than an hour completely, end-to-end. Um, you can provision about 2,000 desktops in less than 20 minutes. Um, we can reduce maintenance windows and pretty much eliminate, eliminate uh, maintenance windows for Windows because of the instant clone technology. Um, and you can seamlessly move these workloads from on-premise to the cloud and back again. And, and that's kind of what it enables, if you will. So let me uh, jump in here about the, the smart node software where, the, you know, the, kind of the orchestration, the just-in-time desktop pieces, all that all that stuff happens right there, the, the blocking and tackling. Um, is that going to be more like a virtual appliance? Because you said it, it, can, it can live either in the cloud or on-prem. So I'm guessing that's going to be 
need to be placed somewhere very close to where the workloads are. So is that going to be more virtual appliance, a piece of software? Can you can you talk about that at all a bit more? Yeah, I can. So um, so so the 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 back end of this, the cloud control plane, right, is is the management engine, um, and you could potentially decide if you wanted to to just use cloud based desktops, right, and and uh, and basically go completely DAS, right. Or what you can do is you can decide that you need for performance reasons or for compliance reasons or just because it's the way you want to run it, um, you want to have on-premise capacity, you basically plug in a smart node. And so let's use the example of an Evo Rail. Um, you take an Evo Rail um, that's been enabled for Enzo, you plug it into your, um, you know, you rack it and stack it. Um, when it boots up, if you've ever seen the way um, Evo works, there's basically a very, very simple wizard. It takes about 15 minutes to run through. Um, that wizard will actually ask you, you know, is this an Enzo smart node? Um, and if it is, it will basically connect to the cloud control plane, um, download all its updates, configure itself, and it basically just becomes a piece of on-premise capacity that you now manage from the cloud um, cloud control plane. Um, so this allows you to instantiate on-premises VDI um, very, very rapidly um, because basically the management layer all lives in the cloud. So Evo okay. Evo will ship with with that that in it to be able to enable it. But what if it's non Evo? Great question. So um, yeah, so there'll be benefits to using Evo like that integration, but um, we'll be able to instantiate um, smart nodes in basically anywhere vSphere six runs. Um, so that will allow other vendors of hyperconverged appliances to to be smart nodes as well, as well as you know traditional you know stuff that that's on the the the, the vSphere HDL. Okay, so it really sounds like it's going to be built into vSphere then, not an extra piece you have to actually download, but something that just connects and then downloads what it needs to, to configure itself. Yeah I, wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't say it's built into vSphere, but I would say it's dependent on vSphere. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, so it'll it, it, anywhere that vSphere 6 will run could potentially be a smart node. Like I said, there'll be benefits, and a lot of the stuff we're talking about in terms of you know, getting it up in 15, you know, getting up in less than an hour you know, is, is um, taking advantage of features that are in Evo. Okay, so I mean, I, I'm I'm really really excited because this is uh, going to be finally a vision of what Fargo is. I've been waiting patiently. Well, actually, no, <laughs> I have not been waiting patiently. I've been begging everybody to get me access to this technology. I've been digging around in the SDK. I cannot find any reference to Meteor or Fargo anywhere. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see this. One one thing all the way through uh, what you've been talking about around uh, Enzo was mentioned of DAS or on premises. We've spoken already about you know your your plan for on premises, but in regards to DAS, I mean, is this where we're going to see what was the Destone acquisition come into play, or will you be open to other vendors? Now, feel free not to answer that question, but I'm just no, going no, to I can, I can. So Destone's a huge. So the Destone team is building this, and to be honest with you, I mean, Enzo is more is almost more the next iteration of Destone than it is the next iteration of, of Horizon. Um, you know, it's it's really. Um, the back end of this, the cloud control plane, the all, all that stuff is all, you know, ev- evolutions of Destone, um, and and so the Destone is a huge, huge component of this. And we, and quite frankly, um, you know, you'd like to say that your vision of when you bought Destone was that this was going to be the end game, but um, that would probably be a little overstating it. But you know, it had a lot to do with it. And you know, as we unwrapped what we got from the Destone acquisition and real, both in terms of people and technology, you know, this vision kind of came to light. Um, of trying to build something like this, um, and like I said, the, um, the the smart node technology is a Linux-based stack. Um, it's completely net new. Um, it is not really an evol- It's really not a rebuild of the Horizon, you know, Windows-based technology. So, like I said, it's much more um, 
Destone extending to on-premises than it is Horizon extending to the cloud to a certain extent. Understood. So one thing, one thing that always irks me about about desktop as a service, or well, not irks me, but I mean the, the the key solution really is that private VPN. So I mean settling on a hybrid cloud for a lot of customers, because I mean for a lot of customers they've got mainframes, they've got a lot of backend services that they can't necessarily move, but they may want to move the desktops at the same time. I mean, are we going to see some kind of cloud enablement with um, you know with with Project Enzo so that you can create that kind of virtual tunnel to and from the cloud? Yeah, so um, Enzo has some interesting technology in terms of um, key exchanges and security where it basically creates its own um, uh, secure channel back and forth between the smart node and the, um, and the cloud control plane. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure how much I can give away on that. But yeah, there's some, there's some, uh, there's some technology there um, to, try to try to make that as, as uh, easy as possible. You know, to be honest with you, um, on our larger desktop-as-a-service implementations, we still see people putting in um, dedicated backhauls um, to vCloud Air, um, it's 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 still a, a very common uh, use case uh, of a direct connection um, between um, networks and uh, um, and vCloud Air, and some of the intellectual property we have around NSX and stuff like that make that easier and better. And and uh, you know, but but yes, um, so yes, so yes, there will be some technology that makes it easier to connect um, the smart node to the cloud control plane over the cloud. Um, oh, sorry, over the internet, and then. Just like I said, as a as a something to think about, people that really do large scale DAS implementations tend to set up dedicated connections to the to the cloud. Understood, understood. Um, and there was another. I think there was another question which I didn't answer, um, which was about um, will we support other um, other cloud providers? Um, so interesting. I, I don't know how familiar you guys are with Destone. You know, Destone is really well, we don't call it Destone anymore, but the is really a, a software stack, not a desktop as a service. Um, vCloud um, Horizon Air is an implementation of of basically our of our Horizon Destone as a uh, desktop as a service stack running inside of vCloud Air. Um, but we support um, the whole vCloud Air network. So any anyone in the vCloud net vCloud Air network, and I believe there's something like two thousand cloud providers. Um, all can run instances of Horizon DAS um, inside of their their engine, um, and Enzo will be supported for all of them. So we'll run the cloud control plane. But if someone wants to instantiate the desktop ser- desktop as a service part, the cloud hosted part in a different cloud hoster, not in vCloud Air, that that'll be completely supported. Oh wow, that's huge. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's very cool. Um, the you know the vCloud Air network is really um. A, almost like a seamless capacity extension of vCloud Air. I mean, the way it's been developed and um, the way you know they basically all run you know the same software and, and things like that makes it very easy for us to extend you know anything that we do inside of vCloud Air to our vCloud Air network. So let's talk about um, the mobility side and AirWatch. How will AirWatch uh, play into this, and then will it be in in the stack early on, or is that something that's going to be coming later on? Yeah, so I would say that um, one of the most important things AirWatch has to play in this is that a lot of the um, uh, a lot of the the way we're doing management, the way we're doing updates, um, the way we're doing hybrid is very, very much um, uh, uh, taught to us by AirWatch. Um, so AirWatch is you know running you know I believe it's about seventy percent of AirWatch customers run inside of a cloud inside of the AirWatch cloud today. Um, you know do the cloud hosted version of AirWatch. Um, the other ones that do do on premises. Um, you know, they have to have the capability to do, excuse me, um, remote update and scheduled updates of their on-premise infrastructure. Um, and so that was very instructive to us in terms of how we needed to do Enzo, right? And so um, the, 
the um, so Airwatch was very was helpful in building that. Um, I would I in versions you know in version one in day zero you know you're not going to see Airwatch fully integrated into Enzo, um, but we're building this new cloud control plane management infrastructure and it's designed to be pluggable. Um, and you'll see some uh, um, some announcements coming soon about um, workspace environment management and us doing, you know, a broader management strategy. Um, I don't want to steal Harry Labana's thunder because he could totally take me in a fair fight. Um, and so Harry um, could take all of us in a fair fight together. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, so I mean, I mean, I'll step on Sean's toes because I could take him. He's from Chicago, but the uh, you know Harry, no way. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so, um, I don't want to steal Harry's thunder. So he's got some announcements coming up very shortly about, um, workspace environment management and it will leverage this cloud control plane. Um, but yeah, with the first version, you won't see AirWatch integrated. Um, it'll, you'll, you'll continue to see the AirWatch integration, um, you know, on the, on the end user side. So, um, we have some really, really exciting stuff, um, coming in terms of the integration on the end user side, really stuff that I don't think anyone has done. I mean, really, I mean, the reality is when you look at the total set of assets, it's really only Citrix and us that have, you know, as much desktop and mobile assets. Um, and so, of course, you know, we watch what they're doing and we try to do things that are original and things like that. I haven't seen anything for anyone that's as innovative as some of the stuff we're doing um, in terms of bringing the, um, the, the mobile and the, and the desktop stuff together. So I'm really excited about what we have coming on that. Um, but most of the integration will be primarily on the front end, you know, this year. And then I think you'll see some of the more back end integration come over time. Okay. So, I mean, obviously the, the, the elephant in the room was, I mean, around the announcement times and it definitely seems to be the year of cloud-based control planes. I mean, if I was to ask you, how would Project Enzo weigh up against Citrix Workspace Cloud? What would you say? Well, it's obviously better. Um, <laughs> you want more? You want more than that? Yeah, I'd just like to get your. I'd just like to get your opinion on. I mean, you've obviously seen the announcements, and you you, you know what's happening in the background. So yeah, I mean, what, what what do you what do you think is going to be the key differentiator between the two products? Yeah, so I mean, first of all, I think the the, the smartest move Citrix made in years is that they hired Christian Riley, um, who oh uh, big time, big time, yes. Christian yeah, is a genius. Yeah. Yeah, who um, I'm a big, big fan of. I, you know, I consider him a personal friend, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm pissed as hell he didn't give us a, cha- a shot at him before he went over to Citrix. But I, I tried to explain to him that there is more than one software company you can work for in the world, since he's now worked for Citrix twice. Um, but um, yeah, so the, you know, generally speaking, I mean, I think at a fifty thousand foot level, they look very similar, right? But I think when you dive under the covers and, and actually look at what we're trying to do versus what they're trying to do, I think. They're, they're different. They're very different. Um, so, you know, it's interesting. VMware actually had a project um, about three years ago. And once again, this is something that probably only fanboys are, are even aware of. Um, but I guess people that listen to this podcast go Google it. Um, we had something called Project Catalyst, which was basically an internal attempt um, before we bought Destone to build a DAS. And we looked at, you know, what would it take to build a DAS and then really build a hybrid DAS? And we actually tried. This was even before we had bought Dynamic Ops. So this was, we took uh, VCD, uh, vCloud director, um, and hooked it up to um, View at the time, and you know, and a bunch used some of the multi-tenant capabilities of vSphere to kind of do deploy pods and do a lot of what Workspace Cloud is trying to do. And what we we recognized at the time was that we didn't think it was transformative enough. We thought it was basically um, putting a whole lot of lipstick on a on a really big pig, right? And um, and so, you know, we made the acquisition of Destone because we believed that, you know, desktops as a service had to be built from the ground up to be multi-tenant, highly scalable, highly resilient. 
Um, you couldn't have a ton of Windows servers in there because you would end up paying a huge Microsoft tax that you just, you know, would affect your your profitability over time. Um, and so we bought Destone. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, Workspace, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> um, Enzo is much more about, you know, bringing Destone you know, Destone stack on premises than it is about bringing Horizon into the cloud. And so to a certain extent, the workspace cloud architecture and direction is really Project Catalyst. Um, it's really, it's a cloud-based version of Project Catalyst. You know, they've taken um, an orchestration layer, put it in the cloud, um, and then using it to manage really the same Citrix infrastructure they've always had. Um, they haven't gra- greatly simplified the infrastructure and doesn't really enable, you know, hybrid desktop as a service or desktop as a service at all, really. Um, so I think if I'm a Citrix customer and I'm going to stay a Citrix customer, I'm excited about Workspace Cloud because I think fundamentally it's going to make deployment and management of a Citrix environment better and easier. Um, and, and so that's good for them. Um, but in terms of really, you know, moving the ball forward to build a true hybrid cloud um, that you can get up and running really, really rapidly, and you can manage and maintain much more easily over time, and um, you know have the flexibility of moving workloads around, and and really create this 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 true fabric. Um, I don't even think they're trying to do it. Forget alone. For, forget about actually accomplishing it. Um, so, you know, I think their approach is different. I think the fact that they have a cloud control plane, the fact that they're doing management from the cloud will mean, and the fact that we announced them in proximity of each other um, will mean that these products will always be compared. But I think, you know, they have a fundamentally different approach and a fundamentally different goal in total. And so, you know, I'm sure they'll do great because like I said, Christian's the man and, uh, and I'm sure he'll do a great job. Uh, but I think, like I said, I think we offer more. I think we're being a little bit more ambitious in what we're trying to do. And I think we'll see benefits from that in the long run. Uh, that's, a, that, that's, a, that's a really fair answer, and I think you were particularly respectful on both sides, so um, that's, that, that, was, that was really great to hear. I can, and I, I also see what you're saying, yeah, there's, um, there, there, are, there are key um, uh, you know, achievements or milestones along the way for both products that are, that are entirely different. Um, and, uh, yeah, while yeah, and I think, yeah, and as, Brian, as my men likes to talk about all the time, right, how great it is that there's this great competition now between the two of us, and you know, um, I think we make each other better, right? I mean, I think, um, listen, I mean, look at the hires, right? I mean, we hire, you know, Sean, you know, they hire Gunnar Berger, we hire Sean Bass. I'm sure Sean will love me comparing him to Gunnar. Um, and, you know, that, you know, that we hire, uh, we get Harry through an acquisition, they hire Christian Riley. I mean, we're both stocking up. I mean, it's like an arms race, right? Um, it's an arms race for brain power. Um, and so it's really exciting. And I think as a result, you know, both companies are going to do really great, awesome things. I mean, we're going to be better, but that's obvious. Um, <laughs> you know, but beyond that, um, um, you know, it, it, I think it's exciting for the industry. I think, you know, when, when companies compete, customers win. And, um, you know, I think I think it's great stuff. I really do. Um, so it, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. I mean, my good friend Dwayne Lesnar from Nutanix said, uh, put a term by me high tide floats all boats and that that's yeah. exactly true for for so john f kennedy oh well my apologies uh, I'll, I'll i'll credit Dwayne first because he said it to me most recently <laughs> yeah they're giving a canadian credit for uh for a uh isn't he canadian yeah right yeah i believe so um, yes you're giving a Canadian credit for a John F. Kennedy quote. Great. <laughs> a Canadian that had a strange internal knowledge of rugby, but however. Um, 
<laughs> so anyway, look, uh, that's uh, you know you've given us some seriously uh, good food for thought around then. So I mean, one thing we like to do as we as we close towards the end of this podcast is ask our our guests, you know, away from VMware and away from desktop as a service and away from you know mobility slash user enablement. You know, what makes you tick? What do you like to do? Uh, or what market are you currently following? In, in you know the IT industry that that really excites you away from your day job. Yeah, so um, you know one of the things that I mean, so I'm I'm a big um, IoT guy. Um, so I like uh, I love you know I, I set up a smart home in my own house and and uh, been playing around with smart things and uh, and Wink. If you guys uh, know uh, home automation, those are you know two of the two of the more exciting vendors right now. Um, Working on, you know, the the most important thing when you're trying to set up smart home type stuff is uh, what what what, they, what we call WAF, which is a wife acceptance factor, um, which is really oh yes, wife know. acceptance factor, and yes, as the Dutch call it, the CEO factor as well. Yeah, <laughs> the CEO, I like that. Yeah, exactly. You know, because you get all excited that you can like turn your lights off from your smartphone, and your wife's like, "How exactly is that going to benefit me in any way?" Um, and then the first time that the lights turn off when she doesn't expect them to um you know that that really sets you back in terms of uh being able to spend any more money on it so but yeah i'm i'm acutely um uh excited about you know what machine to machine and iot type stuff i mean i thought the um the citrix demo of uh of the octablue stuff um is really impressive and i know you know chris and some of those guys over there who are also former you know everyone at at, soon everyone at citrix is going to be a former bechtel employee but um the uh, those those guys uh, really you know did some cool stuff. I, I like their demo at at at, uh, at Synergy, um, and then we're doing some really cool stuff on the industrial side of that. Um, you know we have uh, vending machines in in market today. They're being managed by our technology, and uh, what's very cool about it is that project we had to integrate with eleven other vendors in in a, in in a vending machine. And of course, you know probably ten of the eleven vendors were vendors we've never interacted with before, right? Because we're an enterprise software company not a vending machine company um and so it's so cool to see you know kind of this underbelly of of tech that we don't really think about you know what i mean because we're we're busy thinking about you know corporate it systems we don't think about industrial systems and refrigerators and vending machines and um and inventory tracking all these other cool things that iot kind of brings together and brings is going to bring corporate it into is going to drag corporate it into so i think it's really exciting because um you know it's going to allow us to be you know part of the revenue stream and part of the way that we save um save lives and save money and see and 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 really change the way people live in this in, in you know because of uh because of technology and so I think it's really cool that it allows us, you know, nerds from the data center to actually, you know, get out and, and get a breath of fresh air and actually, ch- you know, change the world a little bit. I think it's exciting. Awesome, yeah. I, IoT was obviously a big, um, a big flavor of the of the week last week. You know, um, the, <laughs> the Octoblue stuff. Yeah, it 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 blew some some of it blew my mind. Some of it made me question. You know, how is this going to be monetized? And they absolutely answered that question. You know, between I always looked at I originally looked at Octoblue as you know if if it does anything to, to to better tie together the Citrix APIs for their multiple products, then you know win win. But no, what I from what I saw at Synergy, it's um it's a, it's a very interesting prospect, and it's definitely something that I'm also watching. As far as smart home goes, no, no, no. And for that very reason, the minute something happens in my house that my wife isn't going to be happy about, there is going to be stink eye thrown from about four miles away, and I'll feel it. So I just, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm avoiding that one and watching it what progress. Maybe even wait until somebody else does it first, so I can say, I'll just copy them, you know? 
Well, the funniest thing is my wife will actually call, like I'll be in, I'll be in Palo Alto, you know, for meetings or something. And I'll get a text from my wife telling me, asking me to change the that in the house. So that is exactly not the intent of a smartphone that someone, has, someone in New Jersey has to text someone in California to change the, uh, <laughs> the thermostat setting in New Jersey. But, uh, but yeah, so that's the, uh, that's the side effect of a, of a smart home. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I think the, um, the the interest, like I said, I think the the workflow and the 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 use case that that Citric showed at at, uh, at Synergy was uh, was interesting. I think the the excitement is just how you know incredibly revolutionary it can be when we start really engaging machines and devices and objects and um, in our workflows. And you know, I think the other exciting thing, which I think Citric showed a little bit of, and I think it's just um, generally speaking so cool, is uh, you know the concept of context, right? And so when we really you know when we really understand from an end user computing environment perspective, more context in terms of, you know, where you are, um, what device you're on, what time of day it is, you know, what you're actually trying to accomplish. And then we can customize and tailor that environment based on that newfound information. I mean, that's really exciting and, and, and pretty revolutionary. Um, and so uh, I, I think, you know, we're really on the precipice of some really exciting transformation in the user computing world. And um, I'm excited to be a part of it. Yeah, I 100% agree. You know, that, that contextual side of it, the integration of, uh, different components, you know, being able to, you know, hopefully fix some of the APIs as well. So there's a lot of possibilities that can be done. So it's definitely an exciting time and, and look forward to what the future uh, brings with that. Um, but kind of closing things down here, you know, Ben Goodman, you know, VMware, give us a great overview and some insight into uh, Project Enzo. Enzo. Um, for myself and Andy Morgan, thank you for watching, listening to the Frontline Cheddar podcast. Um, have a good day and we'll catch you on our next one. Thank you. Bye.